What is going on and welcome to another episode of the Beyond Rad podcast. My name is Chad and this week we are joined by Kelly Barber of the band Wave Break. Wave Break is basically front woman Kelly Barber. She's had a few different lineup changes throughout the time, but the, the consistent thing has been Kelly. And in 2018, she released a debut EP, and she's currently working on a brand new EP. She's got a few singles that she's released thus far. And it was a lot of fun being able to hear all of the things she's learned and all the the cool stuff that she's doing and being able to talk with her about so much stuff that she's able to accomplish and i'm really excited for you guys to hear her talk about pushing through obstacles to to keep making music and to keep being a musician and, and doing all that she's doing but before we jump in remember to head on over to social media she dropped a brand new single today so get over to spotify to apple music stream the heck out of it And while you're at it, you can swing on over to the podcast. If you haven't subscribed yet, you know, you can hit that subscribe button, like it, and sharing it is one of the biggest things. If you have any friends or family who you think might enjoy the episode, hit that share button, share it all anywhere that you, that you would like, and that'd be awesome. But without further ado, let's just jump right on in. Thank you for joining me on the podcast. I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to, to talk with me. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So uh, I always like to just, you know, kick it off with a quick introduction about who you are, you know, tell us who you are. And then uh, I kind of do the elementary school style, something unique about you that people may not know. Okay. (laughs) To think about what that is. I know. I like to get you thinking, (laughs) you know, yeah, just something fun. I, I, you know, I got to get you thinking, right? Like, Got to gotta get the brain juices flowing right at the beginning of the interview. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Anything? Should I say it right now? Yeah. Or? Say it. Okay. <laughs> hey, guys. I'm Kelly from Wave Break. Um, and I sing and play guitar in Wave Break. And a fun fact about me, not music related, is I guess that I am double jointed in my arms a little bit. Like oh, it snap. Kind of- Okay. Yeah. Okay. Nice. <laughs> see, the, reason, the first thing that came to mind. <laughs> hey, see this. This is why I do it that way. It kind of just like, it. It just changes the the feeling, right? It just makes it fun. So like, my entire focus is is obviously music is meant to be fun, right? And so I want to kind of embrace that. And obviously, um, you have been knocking it out of the park. You've released how many singles this year? Uh, so far, I have released three singles and about to release the fourth one. Absolutely awesome. And uh, you've got, it was 2018 that you released your debut EP, right? Or 2017? 2018. Awesome. So, uh, Deadlock. Yeah. The debut came out 2017. So, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so, I, you know, just as a, obviously, uh, some people coming from your audience will know a bit of the the backstory, a little bit of the history of you. But, uh, you know, hopefully we're going to get you some people who haven't heard the music yet. So um, Mm -hmm. let's let's talk about some of the new music because it's uh, first off, it's really awesome. So um, (laughs) but uh, with uh, one of the coolest things for me is is female vocals on pop punk and punk rock music it just there's just something cool about it um so so tell me a little bit about these new singles that you've been releasing and uh and how things have been going for you in 2021 another crazy year yeah so um basically the last ep came out in 2018 and pretty much since then wave break went through a number of lineup changes like people in the band decided that they didn't want to be in a serious band anymore or whatever or they mm-hmm. had conflicts with the other band they were in so for one reason reason or another um i ended up being the only one in the band pretty much right before covid hit Dang so it. Um, <laughs> so yeah so as of pretty much the beginning of covid it's been just me um so pretty much last year in 2020 i finished up writing this new ep and then went into the studio to record in the fall and now i'm releasing it so 
Um, so far, it's been going well. Um, the EP is coming out pretty soon and trying to figure out some more shows and stuff. So taking it day by day, but so far going well. Awesome. <laughs> so you you have official you have your official new lineup then? Is, is everything kind of set in stone or is it still in flux? It's kind of still in flux. It's kind of okay. based on who's available for certain shows. Okay. Um, I have a couple people that I'm that I'm uh, going to for like fill-ins and stuff. So it's kind of just based off of who's available. Um, but until I find like a new lineup in the future, if that ever happens, then that's pretty much how it's going to be. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, there's nothing wrong with doing solo, right? Like, tell me, like, yeah. with the with the debut EP, was it? Was it a full band at that point? Yeah, it started okay. with the deb- it started with a full band with the debut EP. Okay, and, and that, then it kind of so that same lineup was that all the way through twenty twenty, and then COVID hits and everything goes crazy. So it's kind of complicated because um, <laughs> it starts. <laughs> we started with a full lineup, like right when it started with the debut single and everything, mm-hmm. and then. Right around the time the second single was coming out, like things started falling apart for oh, the first no. time. It felt started falling apart really, really soon, really early. So, um, like a couple, like like I said, a couple of people decided they didn't want to do the serious band thing anymore. So I started like getting some fill-in members for those people, um, and then the EP came out. Then I announced lineup change, and then um, got a new lineup after that. And then that lineup fell apart like six months later. Man. <laughs> and then now here we are. <laughs> Is there, was there like any consistent reasoning behind like things just falling apart? Was it out of nowhere? Um, it was, it's most of the time it's a little bit out of nowhere because a lot of the times um, for me, what, what was happening in my experience was people will join and they're like, yeah, let's do the, the serious band thing. Like we want to go on tour and everything. We're going to do the thing. And then, and they end up deciding that they, I guess they didn't want to do it because it's too much money or they didn't have the time to like play all these shows or anything like that. Like one way or another, they just decided they couldn't make it work. Um, so it's it, it, the common theme seems to be that people, I guess, don't really know what it means to be in a serious band and then they get in over their head and then they're like, I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. So if you know what is what is it to be in a serious band like what does that mean to be in a serious band because like obviously there's like you i mean based on what you just said there like some people there's a huge spectrum of where people can lie in this like starting a band just hanging out you know cover band full-time band like where what is it like what is it what does it take to uh to be in a full-time band i know there's obviously a lot to it so some of the things yeah, so Waverick isn't technically at the full the full time band stage yet, but trying to get there at some point. Yeah, uh, I still have like a full time day job and everything, but until we get there, yeah, like pretty much like what it means is to pretty much it, it takes like a certain level of professionalism. Mm-hmm. Like you need to put like a you need to like invest in like your image and your sound and all that, and pretty much be willing to like put certain like plans like like jobs like taking pto to play shows and stuff and putting other like plans like like pushing pushing those backs that you can do certain band things whenever you can it's like it it, it, it's a matter of like prioritization Mm -hmm. um and it seems like a lot of people aren't willing to do that and it's a lot harder to find bandmates as it than it looks because of that (laughs) yeah and like that's that's such a tough thing because like PTO to a lot of people is like sacred, right? Like like that time mm-hmm. off, that ability to to kind of refresh. But like when you're in a band, there's not really a lot of balance, right? Like there's life and and you kind of mm-hmm. work all day and then you work all night in the band side of things, right? Like yeah, pretty much a typical day for me is. Um, working during the day and then if I don't have anything like personal going on um, that's important that demands my time then I'll be like working on like some something for the band like writing or recording or interviews or anything like that like anything pertaining to the band like that's usually like right after when I when I finish work 
And when when it comes down to it, what what is it that keeps you rolling forward when when obviously there's so much disparity between balance, right? Like you, you your life is probably lacking a balance between what normal people have is ter- in terms of come home, veg out, of fr- you know, like they're, they're able to hang out, watch a little bit of Netflix or whatever, um, and then get to bed at a reasonable hour, get up the next day for work for you. Like, how do you, how do you keep yourself going when you don't have that time? Um, I pretty much just, I guess, just remind myself why I'm doing it and what the end goal is, because for me, there's no better feeling than like coming up with like a new song idea and then watching it come together, like either like with my with my guitar and my and my uh, just sitting on the couch writing with my guitar or in the studio. There's just no better feeling than like being creative. Mm -hmm. And I guess just reminding myself of that feeling and and just doing pushing through to do what I love. Mm-hmm. I think that's really what keeps me going because I kind of a lot of the times when I go through spurts of like not being as productive, I kind of feel guilty because I'm not doing that as much as I should. As you so should, quote unquote, right? Like these are, these are, uh, this is, this is the the thing, right? These are your expectations on yourself. So when you say how, as much as I should, like you're probably doing more yeah. than most people do. And so like never sell yourself short. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's just, there's just always like a voice in the back of my head telling me like, oh, I got to like write the next song or I got to do this for the band or I got to do this. And then whenever I'm like not doing it, I feel guilty. And then mm-hmm. it's like. I love doing it. So it's not just about guilt, but like, it's also like, I guess, avoiding that guilt. Too. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. I mean, there, what's the, what's that principle? Like, you know, our tasks will take as long, like if we don't have a deadline, our tasks will take as long as the, the, the amount of time we have to fill it. Right. And mm-hmm. it's like when you procrastinate, you could you could have written a song in that same amount of time but without a timeline without things going like that's probably yeah. where the guilt comes from right yeah okay yeah um, <laughs> i know um when i was finishing up writing this ep i was like oh like it's it's gonna have been like two years since the last ep came out i gotta get new material out gotta finish writing this ep like there was always like that feeling that i gotta get the next thing out to that was pushing me to finish what i was doing i guess so mm-hmm. like yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, that's and that's I, I commend that's one of the things that I I'm really like I admire musicians like I, I think as I've done this podcast, the longer I've done it, the more and more I appreciate truly like how much musicians do because it's you know a, a lot of people kind of think to themselves of oh well if i could just be creative at all times and you know make that my life everything would be so much easier but mm-hmm. they discount the amount of work it takes to actually be creative and it, the amount of energy because it's a lot of mental energy that actually makes you physically exhausted like yep. doing this stuff <laughs> And then obviously you're physically exhausted because now you're working a regular eight hour job a day, you know, nine to five. And then you're working on top of that. So for you, like how how did it click? Because this sacrifice, the amount of effort and energy that goes into it, there has to be something that that drove you there in order to actually say, I am I'm willing to do this. It day in and day out for you what made it click that said hey I am going to make this happen um I mean I've kind of always wanted to be a musician like ever since I was probably the earliest memory I have of wanting to be a musician was pro- I was probably like five years old but um but yeah I mean I feel like what's pushing me to do that and what makes it click is because I can't really see myself doing anything else for the rest of my life. Like, yeah, I have my day job and I don't completely hate it, but like (laughs) if I, (laughs) but like, I mean, I enjoy it to, to an extent, but it's not really like 
my passion. But like, if I could quit my day job and do music full time, I would do it in a heartbeat. Yeah. So like, I can't really, I can't really see myself actually doing anything else for the rest of my life. So if I can, if I can keep pushing and get lucky enough that it works out that I can do it full time one day, then it'll all be worth it. Yeah. So five years old, what, <laughs> like, I, I remember, you know, when, when I was a kid, I always loved music, but like the idea of being a musician never even came to my mind until I was like 14 or 15, right? The idea of like, oh, being a rock star, you know, when you were five, <laughs> what were some of those things that were like, that made you just like look up into the sky and say, I am going to be, I'm going to be a star. I'm going to do this. Like, <laughs> I just imagine this little five-year-old out stargazing, right? Like the stars are all shining and it's twinkling in their eyes. And they're like, I am going to do this. And they're just like listening to some epic <laughs> song swelling in the background. Right. <laughs> yeah. I guess my, what I remember is like, I was in like kindergarten and we had like music class and we were learning some song. I don't remember what it was, but was it like on the, uh, we the recorder. We did have recorders. I don't think this, we were working on those oh, when okay. this happened, but like we were like singing through a particular song in music class. And then like, I remember my music teacher telling me like, oh, like you can actually hit the notes that I'm playing. You're great. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, I can sing. So like, I'm going to be a singer. So, ah, that's so, so I awesome. Guess in, my, in my naive five-year-old brain, I was like, I'm going to be a singer and I'm going to be a musician. And then it kind of stuck with me my whole life. I haven't let go of it. So hey. I guess I'm still kind of naive, but. <laughs> you know, if, if it sticks that well, there must be a reason for you to hold on to it, right? Like, cause there's just, sometimes there's just things that, that click and you gotta pursue it, you gotta push for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. When, I also have oh, other, go on. <laughs> I also have other memories of when I was younger, like also like really loving making things. I remember like when I was younger, like around five and older, um, also like, um, loving I remember specifically saying to people like I love making things I used to like write like short stories and poems and stuff and and I always like loved like writing and doing like creative things so I guess like the talent the natural talent I guess for music with creating things I guess kind of naturally melded with like as being a musician mm -hmm. so and I guess that's kind of why it stuck with me <laughs> and are you still creating other stuff as well aside from music if I didn't have my full-time job, I probably would be <laughs> Okay. <laughs> because there's not enough hours in the day to do everything, but I would yeah. absolutely love to like actually like write like a novel or something at some point in my life or something like that. But right yeah. now music has my full attention outside of, outside of my, my job. I get that. <laughs> what, what are some of the things that you create? Like, it, you know, obviously you said a novel, but like when, when you think of, of, where you would spend your time, right? Like, let's say, for example, you you are able to escape the nine to five. You're starting to make enough money to to survive, not just survive, but thrive, right? What are some things that you create, like in in your in this in this scenario? I would definitely, like I said, delve more into like writing novels and stuff. I've always wanted to like get more in, into photography too. Like, I have like a pretty decent camera and I've messed around with it from time to time, but I haven't really gotten deep enough into actually like learning the technology behind it and like all like the different features on it. So like, I would love to like get more into that if I had more time. Mm -hmm. um, so basically, yeah, I would love to do that. I would at some point, if, if I had the time, it would also be cool to like do like a music blog or something like that to just write about music that I love if I had the time. But yep. really I've thought, anything, yeah, I've thought the same thing on that. I'm like it, the podcast, like doing this is it's pretty time consuming, right? Like an hour long interview a few times, you know, once a week is what I release it. And I'm like, well, I got a full-time job. I've got my wife and kids. I've got the podcast. I've got a business I run on the side. And I'm like, I would love to have a blog, like a, like a 
place like where I can share what I'm listening to. And I just was like, I can't bite off more than I can chew. I've got to slow down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a point where I have to be like, I would love to do this, but I can't right now because I need to prioritize my sanity. Yep, exactly. <laughs> yeah, there's that's a great way of saying it. Prioritize my sanity. <laughs> I love that. We don't have our sanity. What else do we have? You know, so. I mean, if you don't have sanity, I think you have the ultimate amount of freedom, right? That's true. You know, you're you're not (laughs) founded by, I guess, other people's expectations or society. Yeah, you're not bound by by those rules, (laughs) by societal rules. (laughs) Well, now we figured it out. Apparently, we we need to push ourselves to the brink of insanity, and then we. Sleep. I'm gonna do all nighters every night just to get to that point. So and then that. you can say, "I've arrived." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I lost my sanity, and now I am free. I am free. <laughs> the ultimate freedom. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and when when did you start playing guitar? Um, I first start. I first tried to learn it when I was like ten. But my hands, my hands are real, still really small, but they were even smaller then, and it was really hard. So I kind of pushed it off for a, a little bit. Then I came back to it a couple of years later when I was twelve, and then actually started learning it for real. Yeah, <laughs> at ten, you're like, ah, I guess I'll pick up a new ukulele. <laughs> oh, yeah, I. And did you did you learn electric or acoustic first? Acoustic. Okay. Yeah, I started. <laughs> I started the, the very first guitar I had when I was ten. Um, my mom got me this like this cheap first act acoustic guitar. Yes, yes, for first toy. act. <laughs> <laughs> basically, a toy, and that's probably also part of the reason why I kind of fell off of it when I was ten because like it's not a, really a real guitar it, yeah. it doesn't it's not comfortable to play and mm-hmm. it's hard to learn on on those those toy guitars they like, don't sound good they don't stay in tune it, yeah and then once i got a new guitar after that it got easier yeah <laughs> it's it's cool though because first act started a whole trend of like because it used to be like squire was your only real beginner guitar option and they were still kind of expensive but uh first act kind of started this whole trend of of pretty solid beginner guitars to get kids who are young you know because that that was the thing when i first started playing guitar my parents were like you're probably gonna quit so we don't want to buy you a nice one which i didn't quit but like it was it was like you know you, you had kind of two options. You go really cheap and really crappy or you, you have to spend money. And that was like, that was it, you know? And uh, yep. they ended up getting me like this Washburn guitar, which I still have and I love it. But uh, but it is funny to like, to look back and realize, you know, those first act, it, I wonder how many great musicians got started on stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, and it's probably more than we think. And, I think but so. I'm also a firm believer in like if you like want to learn an instrument for real definitely like invest in like an at least half decent instrument instead of going for the cheapest thing because like you want something that feels comfortable to play you want something that sounds decent because if it's if it's not comfortable and it doesn't sound good you're not going to be motivated to learn so i'm a very firm believer in the fact that you need like at least a half decent instrument to learn on true that so and and the thing too is is if you start on a half decent guitar it at least carries you a little longer right then you're not Mm -hmm. having to reinvest really soon because especially at 12 years old you probably caught on pretty quick because that's an age where like learning things is just like boom 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 like kids can really pick up on stuff yeah like when i got home from school i I was playing for like literal hours that's amazing because i was playing so much after school like i picked it up like very quickly once i got serious about it (laughs) were you were you just like looking up tabs were you just playing around and and learning scales what how did you how are you learning so i kind of started by like i had like a like a a guitar i guess instruction slash chord book that Mm -hmm. i was looking at and had like a bunch of chord charts and i just learned a few like basic chords and and tried and learned going back and forth between them at Mm -hmm. first and then um i kind of like started like 
jamming on my own stuff and writing some like very like mediocre songs once I learned to keep <laughs> And then once I got a little bit better, then I started learning a few covers. And I actually, after that, like started posting a few um, covers on YouTube when I was like 14. So nice. I kind of, that's kind of like what kept me motivated to keep learning. Cause I was like, I got to do the next YouTube video. I got to yeah. like learn another song to post. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it will go viral. <laughs> so. when, and you said you were 14 at that time. Yeah. That's so how, when I first started posting. How long ago was that? Um, I'm 27 now. So. Okay. 13 years. 14. Yeah. 13, almost 14 years. That's amazing. <laughs> I, I love what like, I love that that motivation because, you know, having something that drives you is really important. And for me, it was always like Mm -hmm. it was always learning a new tab, like because I still I know chords. I know some chords, like especially on my acoustic. But I just taught myself and I was just going to uh, was it ultimateguitar.com or something like that. Mm -hmm. Ultimate guitar tabs. And it was like eventually they started charging and I was like, guys. I'm not paying for this. I'm too cheap <laughs> and I'm too poor. And it was really sad when they started charging for tabs. But oh, uh, yeah. I must have missed that. I guess I haven't been on Ultimate Guitar in a bit, but there's plenty of other sites these days now that you can look at too. Yeah. So I guess there's no pay for it. <laughs> not to mention, like, it's so cool. There's so many, uh, like, really cool, like, YouTube channels, obviously, like, where you can, where you were coming from. Like, there's so many YouTube channels that will post their tabs out on the internet for you to play too. They're like, hey, here's a song I wrote, here are the tabs, or here's a song I transcribed into finger picking guitar or whatever. And uh, they'll put the mm-hmm. tabs out there and it's like, it's hard as crap, but hey, it's out there, you can learn it. <laughs> yep, that's how I learned how to play in Drop D actually, like watching a, a YouTube tutorial. I remember I was trying to learn a Lifehouse cover for YouTube and it was in Drop D and then I, eventually started writing all of my wave break stuff in drop D. So Heck yeah. What what happened to them? What happened to Lifehouse? I have no idea. I haven't heard about them in years. Yeah. I haven't like, been keeping together. Yeah, I mean, they were like you couldn't escape them between alternative radio, mainstream radio, yeah. all of radio, like every school dance, everything. Early two thousand tens, yeah, they were yeah. like everywhere. Yeah. And now it's like no one's heard of them. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> yep. Yep. Nickelback lives on in infamy, though. You know, <laughs> they'll always be that band. So <laughs> yeah. You know what's funny though is like when they first came out, I will. I would bet that all these people who are like, "Oh, Nickelback sucks," I'll bet all of them loved Nickelback when they first came out. Everyone pretty much loved Nickelback when it when they were like when they were in their heyday. Yeah. But like. Like it's only like in the last like between maybe five years on maybe more than that, that it became like a, a meme to yeah. hate Nickelback. Became so. cool to hate Nickelback. It's like, yeah, what's up? Making fun of Nickelback. <laughs> <laughs> but these are the these are the same people who wore like Ed Hardy shirts and, uh, you know, like wore those those pants with the pockets that were huge with giant bedazzlings on them as men it's like yeah, oh, yeah. that's a generation i don't i don't want to be a part of anymore <laughs> yeah, no, the, the whole, whole generation was cringe <laughs> yeah yeah buckle was like this the one-stop shop for the cringe i uh, i do recall <laughs> Is that where everyone was shopping for that stuff yeah buckle was where like because i i i was partially a part of that group i never liked like the the, f- the stupid shirts, like all of the tattoo style design shirts or like Affliction or like the American Fighter. I never liked any of the shirts, but I did like I did like the jeans, just one brand, mech jeans, because they had a big M on the butt. I was like, this is cool. <laughs> Spent way too oh, much God. money on them. And it was just such a waste. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, that brings back memories of, uh, of that era. Yeah. Yeah, it was like, it was like, I show off how, you know, I show off how much money I waste by turning around and you can see the butt of my pants. It's like rock revivals, true. Oh, true religion. That was another one. I had a couple pairs of true religions. That was absurd. If I would have just put that money into the stock market, I would be rich. But I was just stupid and bought pants. Right. (laughs) 
It's actually kind of funny because I can I can relate to that because I'm actually in a way a bit of a, a poser with like writing alternative music because when I was like um, in middle school, I was like wearing like Abercrombie and Hollister and stuff, but it was mainly because I wanted to like try and fit in, not because I actually like really liked it, but like, yeah, like I was spending so much money like on jeans and stuff there. Like it was insane. Like the sweaters were like 60 bucks. Like I could have saved much money if I wasn't shopping there. Yeah. It's, (laughs) it's ridiculous, right? Like this stupid and they know it. They know that the reason you go there is to impress your friends. And it's, yeah, it's yeah. The, so, well, the the only real reason I was shopping there was because I I wanted to try and fit in, which obviously didn't work. But yeah. <laughs> short story time. So yeah. fresh fresh out of high school, I I was like I need to get a job. It was summertime, and I went to Abercrombie and Fitch to like a group interview. I showed up like in a shirt and tie. And everyone else is like in jeans and a T-shirt. And I was like, oh, apparently I didn't get the memo. I ended up yeah. getting the job because I knew a couple of people who worked there. And uh, and when I got the job, they're like, you don't have to wear Abercrombie and Fitch clothes. Don't worry. I was like, perfect, because I don't have any. I wore <laughs> band. I literally wore band T-shirts to work every day oh, until yeah. about a month in. They were like, you have to start wearing something that fits our our store's vibe and I was like ha not gonna happen so I quit Abercrombie and Fitch and a week later I started at Zoomies felt a lot more at home so much better like I wish I was I was shopping there in middle school yeah yeah Oh man! Yeah, like I would, I wouldn't feel so cringe about my middle school days if I was shopping there. Probably. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, man. I look back and like my cargo shorts. I don't, man. Some bad, bad style cues back in the the mid two thousands. You know. Bad. Yeah, it, it was awful. We, we don't we don't speak of. We skip the, that. The <laughs> <laughs> we'll skip over it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! And uh, where where did you grow up at? Central Jersey. Oh, okay, I yeah. is is New Jersey like? I would imagine like based on the stereotypes of New Jersey. I don't know anything about New Jersey aside from there's a lot of fantastic music that comes from Jersey um, mm-hmm. and really cool people. Like one of my favorite guests I've had him on a couple times is from New Jersey. Idol wave. Um, I yeah, wave. Yeah. He's yeah. guy. Guy is super dope. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Jersey anyway. Um, was it like even more like, I don't know. was like the stereotypes there say, flashy clothes and like really really like over the top eccentric is that is that just jersey shore or is that like new jersey in general um i would say that's probably just jersey shore okay and then it's it's a very like small group of people i i feel like that that such a bad stereotype Like, yeah, like everyone like in New Jersey dresses like normal, I guess. I don't know. Like when you, you walk down the Jersey Shore and everyone's like dressed normal, you might okay. walk a few like eccentric, you might walk past a few eccentric people. But like for the most part, like everyone's pretty. I mean, that's really tame. good to hear because <laughs> I, I never watched Jersey Shore because I don't like reality TV. But I saw those guys and was like, what? Oh, yeah. That, what that is show in the water? So that show gave us such a bad name. Yeah, I was like, "What is in the water over in New Jersey?" <laughs> the worst part is that most of the people from that show are actually from New York. They're not even no. from New Jersey. And, Dirt bags. And the, the most sane person on that show is the only one from Jersey. I forget her name, but there was like one girl on the show who was like the most like same per- same person on the show, and she was the only one from Jersey. Dang so it! Like, <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> And that also, like, brings me to, like, something else that I've noticed. Like, a lot of New Jersey's bad stereotypes actually come from New York. No way, really? <laughs> yeah, like, like we have a bad reputation of, like, being bad drivers. But, like, all like a lot of the bad drivers are, like, up near New York or they come from New York or to, to come to our, our beaches and stuff. Like, Yeah, because y'all are obviously it's, right next to it. Like, it's, it's like 30 minutes from New York City, right? Yeah, yeah, it, it's very close. And like, if you drive into New York, like, it's so much. The driving is so much worse in New York than it is in New Jersey. <laughs> Take that, New it, York. <laughs> like, literally everything bad that people think of when they think about New Jersey actually comes from New York. And Shots I will stand fired. By that. 
You heard it here, folks. <laughs> if you're from the world, don't kill me, but... but <laughs> don't but, at uh, her, but but she's going to stick to her guns. <laughs> Except yeah, not I'm because in New Jersey, that. guns are like completely illegal, right? Like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, back to to where we were supposed to be talking, right, about the, the music. Um <laughs> The uh, the EP, you've got three songs recorded, fourth one's, or not recorded, all of them are recorded. Three songs released, fourth one's about to release. Um, is there like a, an, an ETA on the release or am I, are we, in, uh, it's kind of like tight lip, no talking about it right now. Um, I guess it depends on when this podcast is coming out, what, what I can say. <laughs> uh, I mean, it'll, let's see, what's today's date? The 29th, it'll be uh, August, you know, two weeks, or August, October, like two weeks from now i don't know what that date is right now off the top of my head Uh, (laughs) two weeks from now okay so then yeah so then i guess i can talk about that so um the next single is coming out october 8th and then the ep coming out november 5th oh nice so i will most likely have announced that already so i can talk about that dope (laughs) well i uh i was this is actually one of my favorite things about doing the podcast is like talking to people and enjoying their music and then getting the inside scoop before knowing that it's going to be coming out at a time where everyone else knows it, but I get to know it inside. I, you know, I'm like, I feel special. (laughs) So, Oh yeah, I'm absolutely right. Like I'm interviewer is always the most special. Um, so I, I am curious with, uh, with the music, obviously with the EP, I feel like there's there's a lot of similarities. The the new music feels more refined, a little bit more. Um, I feel like there's consistency, maybe is the word that I'm looking for, amongst like the songs. Um, so what was kind of the the difference in process from EP number one to EP number two, which is now that was recorded basically solo, right? You had to have people come in and and just do parts, right? Yeah, so the second EP was actually just me and my producer. Um, I I, uh, recorded, I tracked all the rhythm guitar and obviously the vocals and wrote some of the lead guitar parts. And then my producer played everything else and wrote like the drums and bass and stuff. So it was really just me and one other person. Dang. Um, So the influences were very cohesive because of that. But, but yeah, like the EP definitely sounds, I agree, it sounds a lot more cohesive. And that's because the first EP, um, I was, it was, it was a very weird process because I had like half the songs written by the time I started recording Mm -hmm. and I was recording songs like one by one. And then as I was recording those, I was writing others and then I would bring those into the studio afterwards and and record them like song by song. Okay. But for but for this EP, I wrote all the songs and then demoed all of them together and then brought all of them into the studio at the same time and recorded them instrument by instrument instead oh, cool. of song by song. Yeah, it was a lot more of a traditional process, but because of that, the songs sound a lot more consistent because we because we were doing it instrument by instrument by instrument we could do like all the drums like in one day so all of the songs had the same exact drum set up the mics were in the same place and everything it's like everything was set up the same way for every single song so that's why it sounds like so much more cohesive that makes a lot of sense and mm-hmm. obviously like i said you were uh, like a big part of it was was you're working basically solo because your producer was kind of building off of what you already had. Mm-hmm. So what was like the, the biggest difference between writing EP number one and working as a band to now being solo and, and writing and recording this EP solo? So the way it worked um, with the last EP um, it, pretty much every wave break song ever has, has started with like me writing the skeleton of the song first. So I would have like the melodies and the chords and everything already ready to go. Um, and then for the first EP, I would ha- I would take those songs and then we would kind of jam on the songs and write all of the parts in the practice room. Okay. And then we would and then we would keep practicing it until it was like until it was good to go. And then we would go into the studio and record what we had come up 
record what we had come up with. Um, whereas with this one, I obviously couldn't do that because I didn't have a, a full band to practice yeah. in a practice room with. So instead of that part where I would have taken it to the practice room to write those parts, I um, demoed everything out and uh, just kind of like sat in uh, Pro Tools and laid everything down in, in a session to write that with my producer. And then we kind of used that as a guide for the studio. So which one was more difficult? Um, probably actually the first one with Armory. Okay. Because, because not because it was difficult like doing what we did, but mainly because because I wasn't the only person in the band, I wasn't the only one calling the shots about mm -hmm. what we wanted. So there were a few times where like someone would come up with something and be like, but I don't like that. We got to change it. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> so like, like we would, we would have to like figure out what we would want to do in a way that would make everyone happy, yeah. I guess. But now since I'm solo, it's pretty much whatever I want. And yeah. I don't have to deal with that. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like, I feel like for me, this was something that happened to me a lot when I was uh, when I was writing music is I would get really married to an idea. I would get mm -hmm. really kind of like hyper focused and I kind of wouldn't let anything sway me, yeah. which ultimately I think was was really detrimental. But for like from where you're at. Um, do you ever find yourself getting fixated and not being willing to budge on certain things when like, cause obviously your producer probably comes in and says, Hey, I recommend this. And then obviously with your bandmates, they probably did the same thing. Did you ever find yourself really just like, you know, stubborn for lack of better word? Um, in terms of this EP, um, I think the writing process for it was very natural. So I was kind of very happy with how everything came out. But I remember particularly with like my vocal takes, I'm very particular about my vocal takes. Like I will come, I will keep redoing things until I'm happy with them. Yeah. And once there were like one or two times in the recording process where like we had a, a line recorded in the vocals and I didn't like the take that we had. My producer was like, but this, but this take is like, is this is the take we have to use it. And then and I was just like, Oh, we're going to change it. I don't yeah. like it. Which <laughs> so. is it uh, chemical burn? It's one of the, it's either chemical burn or tug of war, I believe where you, uh, probably midway through the song you kind of have that a that that climax of the song and you you climb up real high in your register um well that's actually manic dreams yeah oh dang it i'm an <laughs> oh frick i hate when i mess it up but that's one of the new ones at least right like hey hey it's on the new ep so yep, suck it <laughs> but uh was that like that one in particular i feel like you were probably very particular on it because those types of vocal runs are are like difficult obviously um so for that one was there were there like multiple attempts or was that just kind of like a how did that one go because out of all of them that one felt like the most complex of songs for for the vocal side that one actually happened very naturally i don't think i ended up having to redo that one that's so cool <laughs> so i mean I, I'm, I definitely took like a few takes of it but we ended up just picking the best of that and then it was good so that's I didn't awesome have to go back and picks <laughs> and so. i as i've uh you know attended a lot of concerts and stuff when it comes to parts like that bands typically will shy away from actually singing it and they'll kind of move away from the mic and not actually sing it they'll just kind of like let it die out for you in a live mm -hmm. setting would you would you do that live like kind of step away from it no yeah like would you perform the part or what would you like because i feel like like i said for me oh. i know i know what i would do because in a recording session it's like ah if i crack i can i can redo it right like i i, I can screw up and i can redo but like in a live setting i just be like yeah i'm gonna i'm not gonna hit those high notes <laughs> what would you do oh, no, I, I totally do that live i had a show last week 
did that live and nailed it. So I'm going to keep doing it. That's so, so sick. Makes it cooler. Yeah. Yep. Like I appreciate the heck out of a band that will, that will do that. Cause that's, there's a lot of risk involved in that. Like high risk, high reward, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you nail it, everyone loves it. So we just gotta, I guess, be careful, but like it gives you great, op- gives you a great opportunity if you do nail it. So yeah, it shows your chops for sure. Mm-hmm. And now I have a follow up though, because I didn't, you know, I I don't know how everything is around the whole country, um, but uh, here in Utah, things have been fairly normal for quite a while now. Concerts are back, everything's back. Um, mm-hmm. Next, the day after your uh, your next song releases, I'm gonna go see State Champs and Real Friends and Four Years Strong, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, sounds like you've been already back out and about playing shows. Are you, are you playing um, pretty consistently then? Um, we only played one show back so far and we have another show later this year that hasn't been announced yet. Um, but so far I don't have too, too much planned cause I'm still trying to like figure out like who's going to be available to play more Tough. shows. I'm still yeah. trying to figure out what I want to do for like a release run for this EP, which probably will be like after new year's or something. It'll be a little late, but mm-hmm. uh, still trying to figure that stuff out, which is definitely tougher when you're solo, but absolutely, um, there definitely will be more shows. It's just, I got to plan them. <laughs> Sick. Well, I mean, that's like I said, like, I think it's awesome that you're already getting back out to shows. Like I, that's one of the things that I felt most sad for these musicians. Like, cause a lot of times writing the music is a good outlet recording it is great but performing it live is uh, from a lot of people i've talked to is kind of where they really feel the magic of of being a musician is that pretty Mm -hmm. consistent for you too yeah i mean i always say that i love both playing live and being in the studio equally for different reasons but yeah like the like playing live and like connecting with people like both with your music and just getting like to meet people it, it like there's there's just nothing that beats that like yeah. it's it i love that so definitely excited to start playing more shows and start doing that more especially after covid <laughs> yeah would you would you do acoustic or is that not kind of where you'd want to go i would i would just have to come up with the right way to play them acoustic if you know what i mean yeah. because um, i before wave break i was doing solo stuff under my own name oh okay um and i was playing all my shows acoustic because i didn't have a band Mm -hmm. and i feel like the reason i switched from that to playing in a band was because i felt like playing acoustic didn't really represent my music properly because all my music was like full band like at every show i was like oh i'm playing acoustic but like all my recordings are full band so go check them out like yeah like you play that people don't know what they actually sound like Mm -hmm. so i would definitely do an acoustic set but i definitely wouldn't want to go to like playing acoustic like all the time again <laughs> yeah I, I get that because there is an energy that comes from having everything pieced in there right like the the acoustic yeah. especially live acoustics a little harder to bring that that vibe and that energy into the room most people are going to sit mm-hmm. back they're not going to be doing a whole lot they're going to kind of just sit there and listen they won't actually be super engaged and that's... yeah and another thing is um i haven't really put much thought into like how I would play these songs acoustic yet. I, I would if I had like an acoustic set coming up, but like I wouldn't want to just play all these songs exactly the same just on acoustic. I would want to put like a lot of a lot of thought into it too. So that's smart. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, I oh one other the the one thing that um, I wanted to, to follow up with too with like obviously with the new music. Um, who are, who are some of the bands that you've, maybe, maybe not bands, maybe just like types of music that you have been uh, listening to a lot, maybe not as inspiration, but just bands that you've, that you've been really vibing with within the last year or so. Um, during the writing and recording process for this EP, I remember vibing a lot with eat your heart out with their, uh, last album, mm-hmm. um, that kind of inspired it or at least got me in, in the right headspace for writing a lot of the lyrics on this mm-hmm. um, album, EP. So I was definitely vibing a lot with them over the last year. 
Um, off the top of my head, I've been vibing a lot with Spirit Box with their new album. Oh yeah. And, uh, yeah. So they're so. they're the obviously female led metalcore, right? Yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. pretty intense. Oh yeah, I, I I love their new album. Like I haven't really delved much into that genre before, but like I'm like I love that album, and I'm gonna start like looking more into that stuff, and maybe that will influence the next EP. We'll see. Yeah. But. Yeah, that girl's got some chops. Oh yeah, like, I definitely like. I still really want to learn how to scream, but I want to get like one-on-one uh, instruction on that because mm-hmm. if I do it, if I le- learn to do it the wrong way and try to teach myself, I could very like seriously damage my voice. Yep. So I need to find someone who can teach me because I really want to learn how to scream and yeah. maybe do it on the next. <laughs> I remember kids in high school thinking they could do that, and uh, you know, just issues upon issues upon issues of these kids just like destroying their like you know not having a voice for a few days it's like dude you're gonna you're literally not gonna be able to even talk if you keep going down this road <laughs> yeah like i'm not trying to have to go into like vocal surgery or anything like that so sure. i gotta i gotta learn how to do it the right way <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's craziness yeah that's uh I I didn't realize that there was like a whole like methodology to it. I thought it was just like super just like you just scream because I have you have you listened to Hot Mulligan? A little bit. Yeah, I've, I've heard a few of their songs. They're super they're super dope. I they they opened for Newfound Glory and I do not have any clue how that guy can maintain his voice during a whole tour. Like <laughs> blows my mind. He oh, was because yeah. because his you know, there's like few different types of screams. One's where you can feel it's a little bit more from the gut. You know, it's not nearly as as like straining on your vocal cords. It's a lot more just like low guttural scream or even the high ones where it doesn't seem like it's through the vocal cords. This guy was just <laughs> straight up like ah, just yelling his heart out. And I was like, how in the world are you doing that? day in and day out i have no idea yeah um yeah i mean i feel like it's there's like it's easier to like damage your voice from what i know with like the type of like metal core screaming that spirit box does okay um i know like the screams that are more like a yell it's kind of more just like yelling i mean it's more natural to your voice or something yeah, like I do it like sometimes on our song Deadlock Live. I, I at the start of the chorus, I just kind of like yell the words instead of uh-huh. um, instead of like singing it the way it is in the song. But like, yeah, like there are like certain screams or certain like yells that are like more likely to damage your voice. Interesting. What, to my <laughs> Science of screaming with. <laughs> Kelly, I just so like that's that's funny because like there, I, I there was a I I don't know why I'm remembering this. There was like a documentary thing that I saw on YouTube, and there were all of these famous metal musicians who went to this one lady who taught them how to scream, and now mm-hmm. I'm remembering because of what you just said, she would teach them how to do it without destroying their voices, and I'm remembering that I'm gonna have to find it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I might know who you're talking about. Um, is it Melissa Cross? I know she has like a, a DVD that people probably wanted. honestly because she uh, like was she white haired? Is Melissa Cross white haired lady? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I remember what she looks like. I'm looking it up right now. Sorry, I can't. I can't not. Oh, yep. This is the lady. It wasn't white hair. She's very. It was a yeah. It was a Vice News thing. Mm-hmm. Um. This trained singer teaches metal bands how to scream. Yeah, I, I wa- it's like a four-minute little like docu docu thing through Vice, and I was like, "This is crazy! This is crazy!" <laughs> and she, because she's like an opera singer who's teaching them how to scream. I was like, "This is bizarre! This is so cool!" <laughs> yeah, like I'm gonna have to sit down and watch her DVD, but I still kind of feel like I'm gonna want one-on-one instruction. Yeah, but for sure. I guess we'll see. Oh man, that's cool. Well, that'd be that'd be a cool element to add. That'd be kind of like taking it one step further, one notch, one more notch in the belt. Yeah, I feel like um, my writing, like over time, has been getting heavier instead of softer mm-hmm. in a way. Like I started writing like super poppy, like 
pop rock singer songwriter stuff when I was like 17. And then now I'm like doing like obviously alt rock and uh, pop punk. Mm-hmm. And they're on a couple songs. There are like slight brief influences of like post hardcore on some of these songs. Mm-hmm. But like I feel like over time, my writing's like getting heavier as I like get more proficient at what I'm doing because yeah. I keep doing what I'm doing. Like all the simple stuff that I'm doing, I'm going to get bored. So if I got to keep making it more complicated <laughs> for myself. Yeah. yeah. So so hopefully uh we'll get to that point where i can do some of that on the next cp <laughs> that'd be cool i mean that that'd be super sick to just because i like i like the way you think about it because it's like if you do the exact same thing on this ep as you did on the last and you do the same thing again it's just like at what point do you just say meh meh it's not really yeah. challenging me anymore yeah like uh, the songs like that are on armory like i played them live and like i've played them like 50 billion times already and they're like they're the guitar my guitar parts anyway aren't very technical mm-hmm. so I, I just get bored playing them so i'm like on this ep on, on some of these songs i pushed myself to make my parts a little bit more technical to give myself a bit more of a challenge so like i feel like i just got to keep pushing myself to add like an extra element of difficulty so that i don't get bored <laughs> absolutely yeah that's awesome and uh man it's it's been really cool talking with you because it's it's fun to hear where you're coming from and like i said the uh, the new music is is super dope i uh i it's i'm glad that that what i noticed with the cohesiveness and stuff was obviously like it just kind of helps it, for me. It makes it so the experience feels more fluid, which um, I'm really excited for the full EP. Cause um, how many songs is it going to be? Is it going to be five songs, six songs? Um, it's actually going to have seven songs Sick. and then the, the physical CD version. I'm throwing our single from last year out of breath on it as a bonus track. So the CD is going to have eight. Dang. <laughs> That's awesome. That's and that's a good length EP. Like most EPs nowadays are so short. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I definitely wanted to do a longer one, considering like how long it's been since I put out the last EPs. I wanted to give everyone a good amount of content. Absolutely. So, well, uh, I mean that makes yeah. complete sense. Um, real quick, I always like to end my podcast with just random trivial questions, like questions that mean that have no impact on. <laughs> the world um do you still have a couple minutes sure awesome all right so this first question is because of my sugar addiction um what is your favorite candy oh i gotta go for this this question is always difficult because it depends on what mood i'm in like if i go if i'm in the mood for like something super sugary i might go for like a sour patch or a starburst or something like that solid or like um or like a Skittles or something like that. But other times I'm in the mood for chocolate and I'll go for like a Reese's or okay. something like that. Reese's, Reese's is a pretty uh, pretty solid choice that uh, I think, I'd say probably 60 or 70% of the people I ask Reese's is, is up mm-hmm. there. So. Oh yeah, it's yeah. definitely top tier. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm, I only like like the holiday Reese's, like the Christmas trees or the egg, the Easter eggs, like, I don't know about the ratio. Something different about the ratio or the type of chocolate or whatever it is. I don't know. Those ones are freaking magical. That's what it is. It's the more peanut butter? Yeah. I think okay. they, they're like a lot. Like the texture is different. Yeah, it's, definitely. There's more peanut butter in it, I feel like. Yeah. The, the, that's the big thing is the texture. It's way smoother. And like there's just it's just a magical ratio, I guess, for me. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, can't go wrong. <laughs> yeah. So, so between Starburst Skittles and Sour Patch, you know, you got to choose one. You got to choose your reigning champion. Uh, um, I'm probably going to have to go with Sour Patch on that one. <laughs> yes. I've literally got a bag of Sour Patch right on the side of me over here. <laughs> oh i uh i actually do the strawberries i like the strawberries oh, really? more yeah i love oh. the watermelon don't get me wrong sour patch watermelons are fantastic but the strawberries just kind of hit the spot for me <laughs> i usually go for watermelon myself but hey that's I mean, a um, strawberry ones are great too yeah i uh i always talk whenever i talk to, to bands from canada i just tell them how jealous i am because they have mango sour patch mangoes and those are 
bar none, like nothing stands a chance against those guys. They're so good. Oh, nice. And when when I finally do visit Canada, I'm gonna have to gonna have to try that. Yeah, I mean, you're I've like never you're the odds of you getting to Canada are so much higher than me ever getting to Canada. So, you know, make sure if you get there, you just buy a couple extra bags and ship them on over. I'll pay for it. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of sad because I'm so close to Canada and yet I still haven't been there. Like, Have you been to like Niagara Falls up, at all or no? I've been to Niagara Falls. We okay. played a show in Buffalo a couple years ago and Sick. we went there, but I didn't get to go onto the the Canada side of it because my bandmates didn't have their passports with them. Dang but, it! <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, like I've never been there because my my family like we n- didn't really go on that many vacations, and when we did, like we always went to like Disney World. So I've been there like four or five times. Hey, so, like, that's a solid vacation. Yeah, and I've been like uh, saving up money, so I haven't been going on that on that many trips. But uh, it's on my list. I'm definitely gonna go on a trip sometime soon. So Heck yeah, I mean Canada's <laughs> got a great pop punk scene too, so you could get up there yeah. and and uh, probably get some shows in, make it an actual, you know, make it double duty, a vacation and a tour, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, definitely on the list too at some point. That's so cool. <laughs> awesome. All right, next question here. This one's typically a little harder to uh, come up with a single answer, so I will allow you to get your top three if you can't think of your number one. But uh, mm. favorite movie? Oh, geez. Um, <laughs> um, I have been enjoying the Marvel movies lately. So I Solid. guess uh, Shang-Chi was the most recent one I saw. So that's going to have to go up there. That was a great movie. I haven't seen that one yet because it's only in theaters and I just haven't gone. I'm sad. Oh, definitely got to see it. That was a great movie. It's probably one of my favorite ones that I've seen. Really? From okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so definitely that one. Uh, I used to say Harry Potter for this, but it feels weird because of all of the stuff with J.K. Rowling going on. But um, I guess for now, I'm going to have to say that. Um, So Harry Potter movies, I guess. Nice. Um, And uh, for some reason, like whenever people ask me this, like the the hangover always pops into my head because (laughs) it's like 10 years ago. So so I'm going to have to throw that one in there too. Like it always, it's always like the one movie that pops into my head for that question for some reason. Hey, you got to go with what you got to go with what your heart says, right? (laughs) I I always like also like blank whenever people ask me about what my favorite movie is. Like I always like forget like every single movie I've ever seen in my life, but that's the one always like still like remember yeah like that's one of the worst things like whenever i'm like oh yeah i do a podcast i interview musicians and they're like oh yeah what kind of music like what kind of bands and i'm like "Uh, i literally know these people like i've talked to them i know their music i've listened to all of their music and i just like draw a blank and i'm like you can look at it on spotify or on on apple podcasts and like oh i'm an (laughs) idiot oh that's awful (laughs) people ask me like what music i've been listening to lately like because it's so disjointed with spotify a lot of the times i'm just like uh this this artist there's one artist but i don't remember anything else yeah yeah when you asked me that before i was like i definitely have listened to spirit box but like i completely forgot everybody else (laughs) i get that Uh, there's something about being put on the spot that you just kind of like deer in the headlights you know you kind of don't know what to do know what to say (laughs) yeah all right last one here for you this one is uh sometimes a harder one too but aside from music what's a a hobby that you enjoy doing that is not music related because obviously this is tough because your your time is all spent with music so (laughs) yeah um i mean it's not really a hobby right now but because i don't have enough time to put into it but like every now and then i do like cooking i guess like learning new recipe or something i'll like learn something new and and uh cook a nice dinner so cooking is always fun so yeah i'll have to say that (laughs) where where do you learn the recipes just look it up or watch it on youtube or what uh i kind of just google stuff heck yeah pick up well, yeah, you, I usually I haven't really done anything too complicated, but like 
I'm I'm gonna have to like start putting together like a good like cookbook of stuff because my boyfriend's mom is like a full on like Italian chef like oh, Italian no. gourmet like she has a ton of like recipes that like I'm gonna have to learn so like I'm gonna have to <laughs> have her write a cookbook for me <laughs> heck yeah I mean that's that's the way to go like those family recipes and stuff that's always top notch <laughs> I uh, oh, yeah. if you if you ever find time to just chill out and not be so busy you could sit down and watch binging with babish on youtube um babish okay yeah binging with babish he's he's awesome he's got like basically all of his recipes are based off of tv shows like food from tv shows or movies and so mm-hmm. it's uh it's a fun one i think you'd enjoy it and you can he, he gives you the entire recipe breaks it all down tells you how to cook it and mm-hmm. uh and he's just funny. He's cool. So I'll check that out. Sounds awesome. Heck yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I had an absolute blast talking. And uh, like I said, I'm super stoked for the full EP and I'll have to get the physical copy so that way I can actually get the, uh, the bonus song. Yeah. Hell yeah. I'll have to send one to you. So absolutely. <laughs> oh, definitely. Heck yeah. That'd be dope. And uh, best of luck, obviously, you know, I'm stoked that live music is starting to ramp up again for you. So that way you get that extra aspect to it. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm assuming that since you've had this music going for so long, you've probably got other music that you've already started writing and stuff. So, you know, as soon as you've got more stuff coming out, let's have you back on. I'd love to talk to you again. Hell yeah. That'd be a lot of fun. You made it again to the very end. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, Just a reminder to hit that subscribe button. I release new episodes every Friday morning, 7 a.m. Eastern time. So be sure to check those out every week. And if you enjoyed it, hit that like button and share the heck out of it. But until next week, deuces.